Thank you so much to the band. It's, yeah, thank you. You guys did so well. Um, and uh, it's a great time of spending time with, with Jesus. Right. Yes, I've been here two weeks ago, and um, it's great to, to see all of you. Um, for those of you that don't maybe know me, my name is Rudo. I have the privilege to, um, to be part of the, of the staff as a pastor with Donnie. I'm leading the church and, uh, and the eldership, and so I'm so great to be with you tonight and to also share with you um, the, the message uh, tonight. But just before I get to that, um, about a year or a year and a half, maybe two years ago, I started a, no, it's about, it was in lockdown, I started a connect group with three guys, um, John, Louis, Richard, and uh, Joe. And um, all I want to say is all, all three of them got engaged and they got married. Okay, so... It, I don't know, if you want to get married, there is a connect group that you, okay, yes, you, you're welcome to, <laughs> now congratulations John, Louis and uh, Ilani, um, we, we pray that your, um, that your time together will be great, so congr- congratulations, uh, just from our side. You, if you have your Bibles with you, please take out your Bibles, um, you can open up in 1 Kings we, uh, we started a new sermon series last week. Donnie started a new, um, uh, laying the foundation of the sermon series in, uh, from 1 Kings uh, chapter 16, 17, 18, and 19. It's the story of, of uh, Elijah, the prophet Elijah. And so this sermon series we call God's Faithfulness. God's Faithfulness. And so I... I pray that this word will really minister into your hearts. And so Donnie did such a great job last week to speak about that God is and he remains faithful to his word, right? And we need to hold on to God's word, but also a reminder of the word that he received and for us as a congregation, as a church in the beginning of the year, that we need to wait upon God, um, you know, continuously during this year, wait upon God because our lives can get so busy, but also to remind each other of God's faithfulness. And so that's, that's really what this series is about. This story of Elijah is to remind one another that God remains faithful to his word in the good times, in the bad times, in the victories, God remains faithful. And so it's a reminder for us to, to, to remind each other of that. And, and just a short testimony, even a celebration is... Um, you know, uh, last year, this time, um, my first son, Alexander, it was his birthday, and on his birthday, my second son was born, um, Samuel, and so Sammy was born on his birthday, so I've got two sons that's born on the 10th of June, and so, yeah, I know, and then um, we celebrated their birthdays now, um, Friday and Saturday, but Sammy got really sick um, December, January, most of you know, and prayed with us for his life. And it's just a reminder of God's faithfulness. The fact that we could celebrate his one-year birthday is God's faithfulness. The fact that he's alive (laughs) is because of God's faithfulness. That's the only reason. And I'll maybe share one or two stories from that. So, 1 Kings 17. Okay, so you have to realize where we are now in this in this chapter, uh, when we speak about 1 Kings 16, 17, 18, 19, 
um, the, the, the kingdoms are now divided. There's not one king anymore over Israel. There's two kingdoms, one in the north, one in the south. Um, Israel in the north, Judah in the south. And the king at the time of the kingdom in the north, Israel, was Ahab. And so Ahab reigned for 22 years. He was a wicked king. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, more than those that even were before him, okay? So this was really a bad king, and he was the king who married Jezebel. Jezebel, the, the daughter of the Sidonian king. And so they were really Baal worshippers. And so she got Ahab, which was um, the king over, over Israel, to also worship Baal. And so he really did a lot of crazy stuff. And the prophet at the time was Elijah. Okay, so Elijah was the prophet, and, um, and he had to confront Ahab. And so what I want you to do tonight is, uh, we're going to go through two chapters. Chapter 1 Kings chapter 17, 1 Kings chapter 19. That's what we're going to do. Okay, but it's going to be great. Um, don't think of it as two chapters. Think of it as a story, all right? And what I want you to do in this story, I want you to almost see yourself and place yourself in the shoes of Elijah. Will you be able to do that? Place yourself, imagine how it would be for you to be able to go up to a king and confront him and tell him to his face certain things. And then the way God provided for him. All right, that's, so that's what we're going to do. And so, Lord, I pray that as this word, Lord, is being spoken tonight, will you come and minister to your heart? Will you come and reveal to us, Lord, just again, how faithful you really are? And I pray this in Jesus' name. Right, so we pick up this story. We pick up this story in, in 1 Kings 17 where, where, Eli, where Ahab is already the king. He, he married Jezebel. And so Elijah is coming up to the king and he has to confront him. And so, <coughs> excuse me, verse 1 says, Elijah said to Ahab, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. So Elijah announcing a drought, a famine. And so this king was obviously not happy with him. So he wanted to kill him. So God said, and the word of the Lord came to him. I like that. The word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, depart from here and hide yourself. So you have to go and hide yourself. Because obviously King Ahab is going to want to, to kill you. Um, hide yourself by the brook, which was the river. Verse 4, you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Verse 5. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. I like that. God spoke the word. Elijah responded to the word. And God was faithful. Listen to verse, verse 5 and 6. He went and lived by the brook. Verse 6. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning. And bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. I don't know about you. I'm not a really bird knower or uh, a fool kenner. Donnie, I know Donnie, you know a lot about birds and maybe Elkhart as well. But like a, a raven is not like a nice bird. It's not like a budgie. Okay? The, the ravens, they were selfish, ferocious birds. I mean, they're not sharing their food with one another. And God ordered this bird. To bring food to Elijah. Miracle. It's a miracle is what it is. 
verse 7, and after a while the brook dried up so there was no more um, water in, in, the, in the river because there was no rain in the land. Okay, so the word of the Lord came to, to Elijah again, verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him and said, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, so, and I have commanded a widow there to feed you. Verse 10, so he arose and went to Zarephath. The word of the Lord came, highlight it again, the word of the Lord came, and so he went. He did. He, was, he did what God is saying. And then, listen, God is faithful. At the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there. And he called to her and said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And also bring me a morsel. Not much. A morsel is like, uh, not much. It's, it's a hanky full, like a little bit. Okay? A morsel of bread in your hand. So he wasn't asking for much. He said, bring me a little bit of water, bring me a little bit of bread. And so listen to the response of this widow. She said, as the Lord your God lives, not my God lives, as the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Not a lot of faith. Can you see that? But you can expect it because she was a Gentile, so she didn't have a lot of faith. But also... There was not a lot in the land. She didn't have much. A stranger walks up to her in a foreign land. I mean, they were almost like enemies. Sidon were part of the enemies of Israel. And so here's Elijah asking the strange lady for her last bread and oil. What would you do? I'm not, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to give it to her. I don't know about you. I mean, if this... Let's say if this was full of petrol or diesel at the moment, which is at the moment quite a, a nice commodity, right? <laughs> Would you just give it to a stranger and say, this is my lot, and I'm going to just give it to you? With a petrol price at the moment? I don't think so. I don't think so. But let's continue to see what Elijah is saying. So Elijah said to her, do not fear, highlight that, because we're going to come back to that. Elijah is saying to the widow, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake and bring it to me, and afterwards make something for yourself and for your son. And so again, he's sort of asking her to make this little bread for her. I mean, is he crazy? I think the, this widow would have thought by, by, by herself. Is this guy really crazy? But then he said this. Then he said this, listen to this, for thus says the Lord, my God, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day of the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Well, if that's the case, take as much as petrol as you want. If this jar is not going to end, you know, run empty, I'll give you some. So what did she do? What did she do? Verse 15. And she went and did as Elijah said, because the jar is not going to be empty, right? And she and, her, and he and her household ate for many days, because the jar of flour was not spent. Neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. You think it's a miracle? Have you ever se um, seen something like that where you... 
there's not really something in, but it just comes, you know, it's empty, but the petrol or the oil or the flour just keeps on coming. I think it's a miracle. God is faithful to his word. He said to Elijah, go to that place. I will look after you. Third story in this chapter, verse 17. Then the son of the woman became ill, and his illness was so severe that he died. Verse 19, and he said to her, Elijah said to her, give me your son. Verse 20, and he cried out to the Lord. So Elijah is now crying out to God. Oh, Lord, my God, let this child's life came into him again. And then verse 22, and the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he revived. Dead child. He's praying. Elijah is praying, and a dead child came back to life. Three miracles. So here's some observation. If we read this chapter, here's a few observations. When we respond to the word of God, he will be faithful. God remains faithful. When we respond to God's word, he will be faithful. We see this twice, how God is saying this. Another observation is, but as a sovereign God, listen to this, as a sovereign God, he will also respond to us when we cry out to him. Because he's sovereign, and he comforts us from his sovereignty. So when Elijah cried to him, God was faithful when Elijah cried out to him. Can you see that? Right, remember that. And so at this point, Elijah spent three years in chapter 17, right? He spent three years combined at the brook, and then he went to the widow, and so that was all combined about three years. And then chapter 18 happened, which we will look at next week, the victory God gave through Elijah when the rain came. So next week, um, Alhart is going to preach on that. But in this chapter, did Elijah experience God's faithfulness? Yes. Ravens brought him food. Well, didn't drive from an empty vessel. The dead boy came back to life. And in chapter 18, the rain eventually came. When he prayed, the rain eventually came. And the drought was, was finished. And then, chapter so you can move to chapter 19. Verse 1 says, Ahab told Jezebel all that um, Elijah had done and how he had killed all the Baal prophets with the sword. So when the rain came, Elijah had the victory in chapter 18, and so he killed all the Baal prophets. Huge mistake. Okay? Because Ahab, which is supposed to be his king, Elijah's king, went and tell that to his wife, which was part of the Sidonians, worshiping the Baal prophets. And so he was like a, I don't know what's it in English, a clicky back. Okay, that. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed the Baal prophets with a sword. And then, verse 2, then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, by this time tomorrow, You'll be as dead. So she's saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you now. Verse 3. Then he got afraid. He told the, the, the widow in the previous chapter, do not be afraid. Do not fear. He went all the stuff in chapter 18, and here he becomes afraid. 
becomes afraid. And listen to this. He arose and ran for his life to Beersheba. And then he left his servant there, all right, in verse 4. But he went another day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he may die, saying this, it is enough now. I have had enough. Anyone that can relate to those words? I have had, I have had it. And he says, oh Lord, take my life. I'm done. I'm finished. I don't know what else to do. And so here's a few observations. Can you read that? It says, did Elijah respond to God's word in this instance? Like the previous times when God spoke, Elijah responded and God is faithful. Did God's word came to Elijah in this instance? No. Did Elijah consult God when he received the message from Jezebel? No. Did he do this on his own? Yes. Reacted from his own emotions and his own feelings. Can you see that? Can you see that? Can you relate with that? Is it normal? Definitely. Is it human? For sure. Do we all sometimes feel like this? Yes. Yes. And so here's the two principles that we, that we can apply to our own lives from this chapter. Here's the two things. The first one is, God remains faithful no matter how God remains faithful. He didn't speak, but Elijah did. But God remains faithful no matter how weak he is. And the second thing is, God remains sovereign no matter our position. God remains sovereign no matter our position. So let's look at the first one. It's in, it's, it's from, it, it continues from, uh, from verse 5 in chapter 19. God remains faithful no matter our weakness. Listen to this. In verse 5, Elijah went and he lay down and slept under a broom tree. So he went to sleep. And the angel, angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. There was, um, there was a, at his head a, a, a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel did this twice. In verse 7 and verse 8. God did not say to Elijah, Running to the wilderness. He did not say that words didn't come from God, but he did it. He reacted from his own weakness, his own emotions, his own feelings. And what did God do? Just like God provided for him when he was at the brook and when he was with the widow, God still provided for him in his weakness. The angel of God brought him food and drink, and this gave him energy. Listen, guys, in Elijah's disappointment, God remains faithful. In his in his discouragement, in his difficulty, he remained faithful. What is disappointment? Disappointment is when, when, um, when, the, when the, our expectations almost exceeds our reality. You expect things to be there, and then the reality is right over here, and then there's disappointment. Elijah expected the rain. He expected the victory. He expected God to be faithful, but he did not expect the resistance from Jezebel. And he got disappointed. He expected the, the, when, the, when the battle was over, 
that the whole of Israel will turn back to God. But they didn't. And so he ran. And so his disappointment was so overwhelming that he didn't know what else to do. Nothing changed. You know, when the change doesn't come, you're like, I don't know what else to do. The thank you never comes. The disappointment is, is written on the walls. And it takes you to those lonely places, those, those isolated places where the, where the voices are so loud in your ears. Discouraged, emotionally drained, mentally exhausted. That's where um, um, anxiety and fear and depression comes from. It's from those moments relationships fail. And that's, that's the problem with disappointment. It will tell you that God is not faithful. That is what, that is what's the small voice in Elijah's heart, that God is not faithful, and so he ran. In Elijah's responsibility, the weight he carried, the weight that was upon himself, God remained the weight got too much for him. The responsibility, it got too much for him. The burden got too heavy. Verse 7, the angel even said it. Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. It is too great for you. It is too heavy for you. The responsibility, it's wearing you down. Elijah didn't tell God that I, didn't, I don't want to be the prophet anymore because he's carrying the responsibility. He just didn't know what else to do. The burden got too heavy. cost you to walk in faith. It will cost you to be the leader. It will cost you to be a husband. It will cost you to be a father. It will cost you to be the, the pastor, the CEO, the manager, the responsible one. And it will discourage you because this burden is too heavy for us. But Jesus is saying, my burden is responsibility without Jesus will make you very busy and tired, or it will, will make you very busy or tired. Even both. Amen? I want to ask Marnay. Marnay has got a testimony in this. So, you know, and we, we're busy with this sermon series to remind one another of God's faithfulness, right? And so can we just give him the mic? Amen. Thank you. So, Marnay has got a great testimony of just relying on Jesus and on his faithfulness. And don't you just want to share some of the story with us? So, um, evening family, friends. So, it's my privilege to share this testimony with you tonight. Um, just a bit of background. My name is Marnay. I'm, I'm married to one lovely wife. Um, I'm a civil engineer, and last year. Working, I was working around three years at the same company now. Um, end of last year, I just felt that I'm stuck in the same place. I'm not growing anymore. Um, I'm traveling a lot to sight. I really want to spend more time with my wife, spend more time at home, really spend more time in Pretoria to be able also to, to really be part of this family, get to connect groups, really take up more responsibility. But my current position at that firm didn't allow for that. So beginning of this year, um, I remember the first Sunday service, we walked out here, I told my wife, 
I really have such a high expectation for what God was going to do in this year. Um, little did I know what lied ahead, but um, it started within that week. By the end of that week, I had two job opportunities in front of me, and I was so excited. I thought, I told every or some of my close friends at work, listen, I'm resigning. I've got two job opportunities. I've prayed for provision, prayed for a way out. Um, I definitely, I'm definitely going to take these. I, I need to choose between one of them, but I'm taking one. <sighs> yeah, so after spending some time on my knees um, with God, I felt that I didn't feel at peace with any of them. I felt it's a no. I, I can't take this. So it was a very difficult decision, but I replied to both of them and said, no, sorry, um, I can't take one of these. Um, it was tough because... Now I'm back in the same situation, away from home. It even got worse, actually, every week away from home. During this time, uh, my wife also really got a great vision, amazing vision of how we should actively wait on the Lord. It's that scripture that we also shared in that time in the year, Isaiah 40, where it says, those who wait on the Lord will renew in their strength. This verse, I really held on to this. I remember some days just singing that song of Maverick City, over and over again, and just holding, holding on to this. In that period also, um, fast-forwarding a couple of weeks, uh, that's when we did the series of uh, Art of War. And I, through that sermon series, the Holy Spirit really came to show, came and showed a lot of things in my heart that first need to change. So although I was really frustrated with my current job, bitterness crept into my heart. Anger crept into my heart due to things that happened. Week after week after week, I walked out here and I had to repent. I had to change things in my heart. Fast forward again a couple of weeks, around April, May. At that point, I was in an interview room and every week of the year, almost. I had so many job opportunities in front of me and through this, all of this, my prayer the whole time was, God, what's your will in this? What do you want in this? How can this glorify you? Please show me your will. I had three job opportunities in front of me. I had to say yes or no with, to all of them within a week. I got a dream the one evening. I don't dream a lot. And that evening I got a dream where I was running through a field. And every step that I take, there's a snake coming at, at me, trying to bite me. I get to the other side safely. But this field is full of snakes. I remember sitting with some close friends and praying about it. I felt that these are some of those job opportunities coming my, my way. I really need to discern what's right and which ones I should take within this. Again, said no to all three of those. They didn't have peace. At the end of the day, I said no to about eight job opportunities. Then the job came that I was really hoping for and praying for for so long and I've dreamt about actually since I started varsity as a pavement engineer. I know it sounds boring, building roads, but I've wanted to do it since I started studying. While this job opportunity was in front of me, I got a, another dream where I was walking through a field. There were plenty of snakes. They were not bothered by me. They were not concerned with my presence. They, they were minding their own business. This was really confirmation through the peace. We also felt that this was the job for me. I said yes to that, and it's amazing how abruptly all the job opportunities that came every other week. I remember walking out of his phone, my wife, listen, listen, there's another one, there's another one. It stopped abruptly after that one. 
through in my situation, my heart had to change before my situation changed. At some point, I realized I wanted to run away from something and not towards something. Because running away from something, my situation might have stayed the same wherever I'm running towards because my heart didn't change. Once the Holy Spirit came in and really changed my heart, then my situation changed. Through God's faithfulness, even though it was difficult at times, very difficult at times, frustrating and wondering, God, what, what, why so many job opportunities at once? It's, it sounds like a, a good problem to have, but <laughs> it's challenging also. So, yeah, that's just how I just want to encourage you. doesn't matter the situation you're going through. Whatever you trust in God, really wait on Him. Sit at His feet and try and listen to His voice. Thanks, Rita. Come on. know exactly what is your difficulty, what is your discouragement, your disappointments, and he remains faithful in that. Amen? Second thing I want to highlight is God remains sovereign no matter our position. No matter our position, verse 9 in this chapter, look at verse 9, it says, he came to a cave and lodged in it. Now, it's interesting, God did not again tell him to go to that mountain, because every time when God is speaking, the word would say, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. But God did not tell him to go to, to run to that mountain and to go there. And so that's exactly what the devil sometimes wants. He wants us to, he wants to isolate us. To take us to those lonely places because there the offenses comes. And the, the, the self-pity comes. The depression, the fear, the voices in your ears. And listen to what Jesus is saying. What God is saying, is, he's saying the word of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. And he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? I want you to, to hear this tonight to you. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you doing in that place, that difficult place, that lonely place, that desperate place? What are you doing there by yourself? Why did you run there? And Elijah responds with a lot of self-justification, almost self-pity. Verse 10, he says, the people of Israel has abandoned your covenant and destroyed your places. It sounds so great of worship and murdered your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me, poor Elijah. And God is almost like ignoring Elijah's self-pity and his reason for being on this mountain. And instead, God responds from, this, from his sovereignty, and he comforts him with the bigness and the amazingness of God. Listen to verse 11. He said, go out and stand on the mountain. I'm gonna, I am God, I want to speak. And he says, a hurricane wind ripped through the mountains and shattered the rocks before God, but God wasn't to be found in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire, but God wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, a gentle whisper, a quiet whisper. And God spoke to Elijah. We miss God. And only then Elijah realized God's voice. 
And so he changed his position. He changed his hearing. In verse 13, when Elijah heard the quiet voice, he wrapped his face with a great cloak and went to the mouth of the cave and he stood there. He changed his position. He changed his position. It's not, the, it's not a change of feeling. He didn't go and change his emotions and his feelings. He changed his position. Can you change your view? Can you change your hearing? Can you change whatever you need to change to almost hear God's voice better so that you can change your position and hear Him and respond to Him and realize that God remains faithful. He remains sovereign. Amen? And so in this, he heard how God is saying to him, go back, Elijah. Verse 15, God is saying, go back the way you came. Go back to the places of your responsibility because I have already chosen your successor. In the place where you need to run back, your success will lie. Elisha is already lined up to take your place and to go even further that you have gone. Go back, Elijah. Go back to the place of your discouragement and your disappointment and your difficulty because at that place, I had to let you run all the way to there because you had to collapse, because you had to realize that you cannot do this by yourself, Elijah. You cannot do this by yourself. It is a reminder of God's faithfulness from chapter 17 all the way to chapter 19. Go back, Elijah. I remain faithful. I'm with you. I am God. You will be successful. Can you hear this being spoken over your life tonight? That's why Jesus came and died on the cross. He's to find us at those difficult places, those hidden places, those isolated places, there where we sit in the cave and we're all by ourselves. And Jesus said, I came to die on the cross, not to only be with 12 people, but to leave my Holy Spirit so that everyone can experience God within them and experience how the Holy Spirit leads you and guide you, intercede for you and counsel for you. Amen? The Holy Spirit is with you even tonight. So God remains faithful no matter our weakness. And God remains sovereign no matter our position. We all experience difficulties, different battles in life, and some maybe due to circumstances, some due to other people's and other person's decisions that affects your life, some just because we are in this world. And there's sicknesses, there's viruses, and so it affects our lives. And so, but God is saying, I remember. And so the conviction for us tonight is to know that in your situation is that God is faithful and he will meet you right there where you sit under the tree and you don't know what else to say, you don't know what else to do. God will meet you right there and he will bring you your day of healing. Amen. Can we close our eyes? I want to pray for you. Mm -hmm.